Welcome to the Mango Solutions Data-Driven Nirvana podcast series, where we'll be exploring a range of topics for businesses around the impact of data science and data engineering, and particularly the impact on data-driven transformation. This episode of Data-Driven Nirvana reflects a key challenge facing many businesses and business leaders today, how to build a thriving data science capability. The growth in demand for data science and analytics in the UK has grown by 231% over the last five and a half years, according to a 2019 Royal Society report. Data, as we know, drives modern business, and yet data and analytics skills remain a sought-after talent. As more organisations embrace data-driven digital transformation, they are needing to resource, upskill and build a data science capability from within. My name is Dave Harris and today I'm joined by Rich Pugh, Chief Data Scientist and Mango Solutions co-founder. And alongside him is Dave Gardner, who's the Deputy Director of Client Services at Mango. They're going to be sharing with us their experience today on how organisations can build the ultimate analytic function with the right skills to deliver their objectives, embed the right technical platforms to underpin data science initiatives and scale their capability using repeatable delivery frameworks. So Dave, I wonder if I could turn to you first and I think it might be worthwhile starting by asking what is apparently a simple question, what is a data science capability and why does an organisation need one? So we've all heard the, the case studies and the stories of how data can add value to business, so whether that's the way in which you make products, your marketing, social media team, uh, cost cutting, automating things, there's so much you can do with data. But of course, none of this happens by itself. So you need a capability within the business or access to a capability to do all that stuff. And we think that you know, data science capability, that's about the right team, to the right people, but also you need the right tools and the right processes as well. And Rich, where should a data science capability sit in an organisation? Yeah, good question. So, so that really depends on the the scope and the objectives and the remit for that capability, right? So historically, I think we've seen a lot of data science teams built within the IT functions in organization, maybe with uh, maybe a chief data officer reporting to a, a CIO, for example, which I think can really be successful, but it, it can be constrained to maybe more technically interesting challenges and, and, and so on. Uh, of course, we've also seen data science functions built in business functions across the organization. But again, that tends to silo and reduce the the remit of the organization. So if your if your analytic functions in marketing, then it will only look at marketing and so on, which might be appropriate. Uh, for me, I prefer a separate function into a chief data officer high up in the organization that has strong ties to the CFO, so we can really talk about um, you know kind of the financial impact and return on investment of, of data and analytics. In terms of the structure itself, I think there's a few different options, and I, and, and I think these have been talked about generally in the industry for a while now. But you know, of course, you've got the federated model, so people out in the business. That's that's great because they're collaborating and they understand the domain. But, um, you know, you don't get that that wisdom of the crowds across the analytic function, so the ability to to sort of use each other's experiences. And it's also harder to to flex the resource. You could centralise the function. I've seen that happen quite a lot. So um, that's good because you get that more interaction and, you know, the quality of outputs and the collaboration within the analytic team goes up. But, of course, you can create this kind of um, ivory tower effect, essentially this, this disconnect for the business. Uh, best practice, um, I think, is generally agreed to be more of a hub-and-spoke model where you have maybe a central core team working on 
repeatable pieces and IP, um, but also you'll have then people out in the business. I think that ticks a lot of the, the boxes that are required, but it's actually very hard to achieve um, because you get that moment where you know someone's out in the business and then you're going to maybe circle that person onto a different project in a different part of the business and uh, people you know, culturally think, well, that's my resource, why are you taking them away and so on. So, so I think that the structure, like I say, really has to enable you to interact with the business, but also build the community to ensure that you can kind of learn off each other. So Dave, what does a good data science capability look like from your point of view? So I mean, obviously, fundamentally, a good data science capability is a set of people, of processes and of platforms or tools that enable you to deliver value from data repeatably. You can rely on it. You know, it happens time after time. If I break down those three things, talk about the team, first of all. Um, so it's all about, for me, the right blend of skills. So people talk about data science unicorns, and they, of course, don't exist. Um, I had a recruiter contact me once about a job where they wanted someone who could manage a large team, interact with stakeholders at a board level, write complex machine learning algorithms, and code in about five different languages, all for about £50,000 a year, and those people don't exist. So what you need, though, is a team of people with a blend of skills, each bring in something different, put that together um, to make an overall capability. Uh, on the platform side, you do need to make an investment in giving that team what they need to make it work. So whether that be the data technology where you hide it, where you hold it, um, whether that be the analytics technology, R, Python, whatever that might be that's in the top of it, or business intelligence, that stuff needs to happen to enable the team. And then finally, thinking about processes. Delivering data science is hard, right? Fundamentally, it's a quite a different shape of project. You, you go into it with a certain amount of unknown. What are you going to find? Where's the project going to take you? What's the data going to look like? So you need to understand how to deliver a different kind of project than maybe the organization's been used to in the past. So Rich, how does someone go about creating this data science capability? As consultants, we've been working with you know, many of the leading organizations uh, around how you actually turn data into value in a repeatable way through data science. And also as a leading training provider, we also help upskill talent in organizations around, around data. So in that respect, we've spent a lot of our time helping organizations build their own capabilities. And so we, we have a lot of experience in, in sort of that area. And I suppose my where to start for me is you need to start by um, understanding completely what that capability is um, is going to achieve for your organization. Now, th- th- that might sound really obvious. You know, you wouldn't invest in a an expensive, potentially expensive um, business unit without understanding what the objectives of that unit are. But I, I think we, you know, if you think of the world the last 15 years of hype, then I think we, we often come across organizations who have created a data science or an analytic function because they felt that's probably a, a good thing to do and you know they, they, that's kind of something that they need and therefore they've invested and the challenge in that respect is is actually in those areas very difficult to to design and understand what that capability you know needs to to, to look and feel like in the organization because there are no um, you know agreed success measures if you like and, and that can be quite a difficult moment so so absolutely the first thing is all about understanding you know really what's the objective and then actually you can you can design the capability to actually meet and deliver on those objectives yeah i think you're absolutely right i think that the hype point is really important here right because of the marketing i guess around data science words like ai machine learning they've become so big that ironically for those of us that have had such problems i guess trying to find funding to do a project we know is really important the other way around people are throwing money at projects without really understanding where the value is going to be so i think from when we talk about building capability 
often we're asked to come in in those kind of situations where a team maybe has been put together, they've started to use some kind of tools, but clients aren't finding it quite as effective as they hoped and a lot of what we are brought in to do sometimes is help them redirect to actually okay you have these people you have these platforms you have these questions you want to answer take a step back are these the right ones do you understand how they're going to add value and really redirecting is really important as well I wonder whether we could look a little bit more at the team aspect of this capability. Uh, And I wonder if you could share your thoughts as to why you think building data science teams remains a fundamental challenge for businesses, Rich. Yeah, I think there's a number of of reasons. I think one of the reasons is that I think you end up very often in an organization where leadership have this hypothesis that data and analytics is going to add value or, you know, they've read information, you know, Stories about AI being, being uh, you know, a, a good way to, to generate value in organization, and they decide to build an analytic team. At that point, one of the challenges is that maybe the leadership who are building the team actually don't understand the fundamentals of data analytics. It's very difficult to hire, uh, I think, and to build a team when you don't perhaps know at a detail level what skills they actually need. And also, you know, if you then build your team, actually, if you're an analytic leader who doesn't have that background. You know, understanding how to motivate uh, the team can be difficult. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, I find analytic leaders who uh, don't have um, that sort of background even struggle to understand what is possible with analytics generally. So I, I think that can be a real challenge where, you know, if someone who doesn't have some of the kind of the, the deep knowledge in this area is trying to build a function, that can be quite a difficult thing to do. I think it's important to recognise as well that with data science capability, the blend of skills you need changes quite a lot over time actually so a classic mistake we can see some organizations making is they go out there and they hire 10 of the best phd data scientists they land in the business and they realize they don't have the data to give them they don't have the platform set up so actually these amazing phd data scientists come in and they get bored because there's nothing interesting for them to do so they leave again so actually often data engineering is one of the most important skills you need to think about first do the boring bit get the data in place then you can start to think about more of the the sexy, if you like, modelling stuff. That's when your, your true data scientists will come in. But as you go even further, so you're looking to take those models, that analysis you've done, and push that into systems and make change happen in the business. Again, you need to think about um, more development type skills, coding, how do you actually release applications into the business? Uh, I think, of course, once you then get to a point where you understand what skills you need in the business, um, you know, and I, I would urge, you know, if, if there are people looking to build functions that, you know, that, that don't have that analytic pedigree, if you like, in that, in that background, then you need some experience and some advice around you to help you do this. But, but once you want to try and build the function, then you just have the matter of having to recruit and retain um, these people. And it's kind of difficult, you know, the... the there's a really small pool of really skilled data professionals with that nice mix of uh, the technical aspects, the modeling, but also the sort of business skills as well that allows you to, um, you know, to kind of really build a function that's connected to the business and very focused on delivering the objectives. Everyone's after those very, very small pool of people, and that can, that can be very, very difficult. Of course, the other thing is the skills that you're looking for, uh, you know, they might already exist in your business. You know, they might already exist somewhere. And, and even... Um, um, but even that, actually identifying where that talent is, um, that can in itself be a, quite a, a difficult task, I find. That's a really interesting point, Rich, about having the skills already in-house. Have you got any thoughts on how a business can understand that, whether they maybe already have some or all of the skills they need? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've done a, a sort of lot of work in, in, in that 
in that exact area, actually. Um, for me, firstly, it's about defining the skills. And, th- and this can be hard in itself, right? If you, if you want to, you know, you can't just serve, send a survey out to an organization and say, do you have the assigned skills? So first, you need a language around what the skills are that are actually needed in order to actually deliver data science initiatives. And exactly as Dave said earlier, you know, that's a, that's a blend of skills, not everyone with the same skills. So the way at Mango we think about analytic skill, if you like, is uh, using something called the data science radar, which is our framework for, um, for talking about and assessing data science skills. So we talk about analytic skill, if you like, across six personas. So communicator, so the ability to interact with business, ask good questions, convey perhaps complex um, concepts in a very simple way. We talk about data wrangling, so the ability to actually manage and manipulate data into the right format. We talk about programmer, so actually being able to codify uh, your solutions so they can be repeatable. We talk about being a technologist, so that is someone who understands the the fundamental infrastructure on which you actually deploy your products, if you like, your insight. Uh, we uh, then another persona is the modeler persona, because it's very important to understand how to actually build advanced analytic models using stats modeling, machine learning, etc. And then visualizer, so actually, you know, how you actually then turn these into compelling visuals that will actually communicate well to the business. So for us, it's all about getting, you know, those six personas, those six sets of skills in some sort of um, uh, blend in your team. So you're not looking for someone who has all of those skills that are, you know, maxed out and so on. But if you can get the right blend, that's kind of what you're looking for. And so what you need is once you once you agree what the skills are that you need, what you then need to do is to understand, well, actually, in order to hit certain objectives, what blend of skills do you need? So if it's all about automation, you're probably going to need more programmer, technologist skill. If it's all about decision support, you need more modeler skill, let's say, and so on. And at that point, you can go out into the organization and say, okay, these are the exact skills that we're looking for. Where do they exist? Yeah, And the way we do that in Mango is we have a framework, an application that we use called the Data Science Radar, which is a really nice way of helping organizations to assess the current skills across the organization and actually also within their analytic teams themselves, they can do things like gap analysis and look at you know learning and development opportunities and so on so yeah so that's a, an approach and a, a, a an application that we've developed over the last five ten years of doing projects of this nature and that that's tends to be how we go about doing that and we live that ourselves right because every manga consultant will have their own data science radar persona and we use that for for training and development as well as staffing client consultants on the right project so it's something we use internally as well yeah absolutely right I, I get that i understand you know you've identified who's in the organization that's going to be part of this uh, this framework that you you're, you're designing you're defining but you're going to once you've identified the gaps how do you go about filling those i think the first thing to say is that um it's not as straightforward as having an as is where you are now and a to be where you want to get to right you have to understand your route through that the journey because as we said before the skill mix you're going to need is going to change over time so your target skill mix may be very heavy on the modeler um, arm for example but actually need to get the data bit done first so you know that early in your data journey you're going to need to have a think about that so that's the first thing it's not an endpoint it's a journey when you've got that i think there are three ways in which you can build that that team capability right so the first one is buy all remember buy is hire people so what's good about that you get people in the business permanently they retain that knowledge if the right people are available in the market it can be fairly quick to get them in so you can get them up and running but there's the challenge, of course, that often they're not easy to find in the market. So the data scientist market out there in terms of recruitment is hard. There are lots of jobs and there aren't as many of them out there. And even when you have them, attrition can sometimes be high 
if they haven't got the right things to motivate them. So actually keeping hold of a data scientist can be difficult even when you have them. So that's the buy option. Uh, you can also think about building, by which I mean training. So taking people you already have in the business and teaching them the skills they need. So this can often be cheaper than applying money into recruitment consultants. So you have people who understand the business already, who have a base set of skills, and you can tailor fit what they their capability to what you need in the business, right? So if the data scientist out in the market you're going to hire has a certain skill set, doesn't quite fit your shape, you have to try a way to plug them in, don't have a problem with building because you can fit them exactly to the gaps you have. But building, training, of course, can take a long time. It's hard to upskill around some aspects of the role. Um, so Rich mentioned modeling, for example, that requires deep technical expertise in things like statistics that you can't necessarily get over in a series of small training courses. It's something people have to learn um, in a much deeper way. And having a pure build strategy is really hard because most of how we learn is on the job, right? We, we don't learn most of what we do from a training course. We go out the room and live it. And if you don't have those people to learn from that are more experienced than you in it, then you're not going to pick up the skills you need. So purely building, very hard to do. The third option then is renting. Renting meaning taking on consultants or contractors to fill gaps for you where you need them. Now, sometimes this can be, I guess, looked down in a way because you're seen as farming out what you're doing to a general organization. Of course, it can be expensive to do so, but it can be a really important part of your strategy. So if you think about the advantages of that, um, that approach, so fastest way to get access to really good talent out there in the market, you could go into a contractor or a consultant right now and have people on site within the next week who are really great at what they do. So you can get them in early, get them in quick. And you get the experience, not just those individuals, but of their organization, right? So if you are early on in your journey, they can help give you their experience of having work with other clients. Where it can get tricky, of course, with the renting option is in the long term, you're not retaining that knowledge in the organization. Um, as I said, it can get expensive if you are solely relying on external third parties for data science capability. So as a guide, I would think you need to blend your buy, build and rent to get to the right strategy. As you said, think about renting early on as maybe not something to get you up and running, get some wins under your belt, get that experience in the business that then transfers over to permanent staff as you build and buy that expert capability as well. So once we have a team with the right skills, what happens next? Well, at that point, what we need to do is to make sure that the team are focused on delivering against the objectives that are set. So really, that's where strong analytic leadership and guidance uh, you know, are really needed. I think it's important as well within the world of analytics to, to think about what you know, a data professional, a data scientist is really motivated by. You know, obviously, in the industry right now, there's plenty of opportunity for data science and, and data engineers. These people are in, are in great demand, particularly to the people on the sort of more experienced end of the scale. And therefore, you know, we need to make sure that we are, understand the motivations um, so we can retain these, these people that we've, we've you know, taken so long to build or to, to, to hire and, and so on. And I think that for me, and I don't know what you think about this, Dave, but you know, for me, I think um, a data scientist is motivated by three things. Um, obviously, there's the financial rewards, which are quite, you know, kind of can be quite strong in the in the market right now, of course. But also, I think a a data scientist isn't just motivated by by money necessarily. I think they're motivated motivated by the impact they're going to make. So if they're in an organization where actually analytics is just an R&D project, let's say, and it's not connected, that can be kind of quite demotivated, I think, for, for a, a data science. But also in terms of the, the sort of interesting work they get to do as well in terms of like, can I actually go and make a difference? And can I get into some really interesting projects? So 
you know, I understand. I think that's the motivation. And understanding that as a leader really helps you to understand how to how to structure and guide that team. So, Dave, is having the right team enough, or is there something else? Absolutely. So, even with the right team, you need to give them the right tools. We won't go into this too much because you know it's it's a podcast, a podcast series in its own right. But fundamentally highly skilled people if you're going to make them effective you need to give them a sophisticated set of technologies so that might involve things like data platforms um, whether that's data warehouses databases internally whether you're moving to a cloud-based architecture think about your data science tools um, R and Python being some of the most well-known um, but things like Spark as well and then your delivery mechanisms so how do you take the models that they've been built or the insights that data scientists have found and serve them to the business. So is that business intelligence tools, things like Tableau, dashboarding, all that kind of stuff, how do you actually make it visible? One thing I would say here though is we talked about sophisticated tools, but don't fall into that trap of creating uh, a diagram with 50 different logos on it and squiggles, dots and loops everywhere that says, here's what our stack's going to be in three years' time because people never get there. Be pragmatic, pick the right tools, make it happen and and again, understand it's a journey to get where you need to go. So, Rich, we've got the team, we've got the tech. Is that everything? Are we now headed for data-driven nirvana? Maybe, maybe. And I think, to be fair, I think I, I meet a lot of organisations who have who have the skills to an extent and they have the tools in place, but they still struggle to actually realise value in the organisation. And I, I think so. I think this is really common uh, because I think if you've got all the if you've got the team um, and you've got the tools. What you've basically created is potentially a group of sort of artisan kind of, you know, kind of creative people who who might go off and do good things, but equally might go off and maybe go down the wrong the wrong avenue, down a rabbit hole and so on. So we need to have the team, yes, the technology, yes, but we also need to make sure that we understand a common way of working. So an agreed vision as to how we will deliver value to the business and then a common way of actually delivering that. Now, I'm not talking here about, you know, stifling creativity. I'm not saying that we will only fit a certain type of model or we always do it. You know, we're not going to paint by numbers modeling like that. You can't get to that point. But I think having some sort of repeatable structure, if you like, that is understood both by the analytic function and also by the broader business. That turns, if, if you think about it from the business perspective, that turns their engagement with analytics from a sort of, you know, a very, very variable kind of experience to a very consistent, you know, kind of process where you go, okay, so I realize that, you know, step one is find the question, maybe. Step two is check that we've got the data on the right question and so on. Step three is, okay, iteratively build some models. Step four is maybe, you know, go and try that in the business to see if it Work, step five is rolling. you know so you don't you don't need to put too much uh, you know to, to create too formal a process by but by creating simple workflows and simple ways of working based on best practices I think that's how you build a function that is able to uh, uh, repeatedly execute and deliver value in a very structured and repeatable way and I, I think that's the only way you can do things like you know really kind of build and scale your function uh, so for example you know I, I see a lot of analytic teams who rely on the flair of certain members of their teams to be successful right you know and i've sat in meetings where you know some of my you know kind of some of my data scientists and senior data scientists will say will ask a particular question at a certain point and i'll be sitting there writing it down going that is a brilliant question but how do we make sure that asking that exactly right question in that time becomes something that we all do not just something that you know because that person's on that project at that time they're good at asking and being you know so so i, th- I think that's where 
you know, if we can build some sort of mechanism based on best practices, we can help to scale our teams by having maybe more junior members of the, uh, you know, into our team and actually making sure that we are providing a consistent and repeatable process to the business. So, Dave, if I'm just starting out on this journey, what would be your top tips? For me, it's don't fall into that build it and they will come mindset. Don't think you can just hire 20 brilliant data scientists and chuck a few million quid at some tech and it'll all go really well because quite often that's where you fall down. Really be clear about what are we trying to achieve here? How is this going to help the business meet its objectives? And then recognize you're going to have to do the hard yards, probably on the boring stuff, getting the data clean and well-structured available before you can go and do the really exciting bits. Rich, if you've already got some sort of established data science capability and it isn't quite doing what you want it to, what would be your recommendations? I think it's really important to uh, be really clear about what success looks like for your analytic function. I, I think that's that's essential. And, and I, I think we see a lot of times where teams have been set up during the kind of like AI hype period that, you know, these organizations maybe have set up capabilities that don't necessarily have formal definitions. I think it's always good to go to leadership and say, you know, what is your hypothesis, right? You you invest a lot of money maybe in data and analytics in this organization. What's your hypothesis? What do you think that's going to achieve for you? Is it better decision making? Is it cost reduction? Is it R&D? Is it moonshots, right? Is it like step change features in a project? Is that what you're looking to get out of this function? And I think then we need to then think about how we prioritize our our initiatives to get that right portfolio blend against those objectives. So these are simple steps, right? Understand what success looks like and make sure you are designing and gearing up towards that. And then, as I said earlier, if you can then start to build some sort of process that is understandable by the business at a high level, I think that helps to turn your, your function into something that's doing sort of ad hoc anecdotal value into really a repeatable mechanism and a repeatable function. You've been listening to the Data Driven Nirvana podcast from Mango Solutions. My name's Dave Harris, and I've been talking to Rich Pugh, who's the Chief Data Scientist at Mango Solutions and a co founder, and Dave Gardner, Deputy Director of Client Services at Mango. Uh, if you'd like to know more on this subject and how Mango can help, there is a webinar and it's located under resources on their website. Alternatively, if you are interested in a follow up conversation about building capability internally, please do get in touch. And if you want to get in touch, it's Mango solutions.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, tell your fellow data scientists and keep listening. We'll be back soon with another episode.